Hey, it's Zach, and welcome back to the Integration for Everyone podcast, a show where I interview Germans about their work with refugees and explore this idea of integration. So today's conversation isn't actually about helping refugees in Germany. It's about the step before that, the process by which they come to the country. Who you heard speaking was Joe from a group called Potsdam Convoy, and today we'll be talking about the organization's campaign to allow refugees from Greek camps to settle in Brandenburg, the German federal state with Potsdam as its capital. So before the conversation with Joe, let me first just give the briefest explanation of the asylum process in the European Union that I can. And of course, it's very complicated, so I'll link more resources on the companion page if you want to do a bit of reading for yourself, and you can find that at www.integrationforeveryone.com forward slash convoy, and that's the German spelling, K-O-N-V-O-I. So basically, before 2015, the rule in the EU was that a refugee had to apply for asylum in the country in which they arrived. However, that meant that countries with a Mediterranean coastline like Greece, Italy, Malta had to deal with these applications at a far higher rate than, say, Germany or Sweden or the Netherlands. So in 2015, during the so-called Summer of Migration, which is a term you'll hear uh, me and Joe use in a bit, this fact got to be so overwhelming that Chancellor Merkel of Germany said, okay, we'll suspend this rule for a bit. In Germany, if a refugee from Syria comes, we'll help them out. And this was a big act of solidarity to help the countries on the Mediterranean manage a larger-than-usual increase in refugees. And I, I think that led to almost a million Syrians coming to Germany in the next year. And to be fair, other European countries also allowed migrants in in a large numbers per capita, larger than Germany, uh, like Sweden. And it's, it's really worth mentioning that countries surrounding Syria, like Lebanon and Jordan, have sheltered much larger proportions of refugees as well. But I think it's because of this big gesture that Chancellor Merkel made. We all heard a lot more news about Germany and the refugees than any other country. There's a really great video by one of my favorite YouTube channels that summarizes all of this, and I'm going to put a link in the podcast description and on the companion page for you to watch if you're interested. Anyways, fast forward to today, and Germany is bringing in far fewer Syrians and refugees in general than they did in 2015 and 2016. And that's for a lot of reasons, uh, maybe that we can explore in another podcast. However, the numbers of refugees in camps in Greece are still high, and the conditions there in camps are really bad. They're often desperate. So, enter Joe and Potsdam Convoy's campaign to bring refugees to Brandenburg. I hope that that helps set the stage a bit for the conversation that I'm going to have with Joe. So let's just jump right into that. Would you mind introducing yourself and Convoy, Potsdam Convoy? Yeah, hello. My name is Joe. Yeah, and Potsdam Convoy is an organization that was that exists since 2016. It was like after the big summer of migration or so-called summer of migration that some people from Potsdam decided that they want to go to Greece, to northern Greece, especially to Idomeni, which was existing at this time. And so they made this so-called convoy to go there. It was kind of a big group. And after that... We continued the work with like sending people to Greece and giving them contacts, maybe supporting them financially or giving them also money so they can support local groups, which is often more easy when there doesn't need to be the like the because maybe they don't have the bank account or I don't know. And also we obviously work locally here and especially in Potsdam and Brandenburg to support some campaigns. So this is the fields or this are the fields Potsdam Convoy is working. Yeah, and now you're doing, it seems like your biggest project now 
correct me if I'm wrong, is the Brandenburg hat Platz, which translates in English to Brandenburg has space, right? Uh, can you tell me like what that campaign is about? Because I've been, this is how I found you. I was just walking around Potsdam (laughs) and I saw all of these posters and I was like, I wonder what these are. I'm like, oh, it's a refugee related thing. I should actually like contact these people. Like what's the goal of of Brandenburg Hotplatz? The goal of the Brandenburg has space campaign. It, it, it is not only Potsdam convoys campaign. This is also connected with other groups, like local groups, for example, with Seebrücke, but also with groups from other cities. So it is a campaign that is Brandenburg-wide and asks for the Brandenburg parliament to accept people in the conditions of the federal state reception program, which is a program that allows the federal states of Germany to take in or to give asylum to especially vulnerable people, for example, yeah, like there were there were different groups also from further away from Libya or from Yemen that they were accepting or that they were bringing to Brandenburg without the official way um, through the state Germany. It is like a federal state program, um, which is especially for vulnerable people. And we ask that also for Greece now, especially in times of the pandemic, that they, that Brandenburg takes responsibility of at least 2,000 people to bring them here, to evacuate them from the islands. Um, because there are also two examples already existing. Thuringia did this program or has a program um, for that already in Berlin. So it's not a new thing. It's already existing. And they, these two federal states already said they would accept 500 for Thuringia and 300 for Berlin. That's not a big number, but at least it's a sign because the state Germany is moving very slow and was more bl- making blockades than opening gates. So it's like, it's difficult. So it is a chance to, um, show humanity. I mean, now, for example, what Berlin decided as a, as a state is um, to take 300 people, but until July next year. So it's also a very slow process. So it's just 300 people in one year. But it's still a thing that they do without the consent and they can do without the consent of... Um, of the of the federal government. I think that a city is still something different. The thing is that obviously with all, I don't know if you know the network of safe harbors that Seebrücke did. It's like a network of sichere Häfen, safe harbors, mm-hmm. where communities and villages and cities can say we are safe harbor. First of all, it's not directly connected with any conditions, but in general you sign something or with this label, you say we have space and we want to take more people. And we have the capacity because obviously communities know better than the federal government. A community Potsdam knows we have space. The federal government may not know the capacity and also maybe the acceptance in each community. A mayor of a city knows the people here are very open for more people um, and it wouldn't be any problem. So this is also our hope with the federal state reception program that this would be a possibility. So it's kind of like a symbolic number, 2000. How did you decide on 2000? And maybe also, can you describe how you visualized it on the poster? I thought that was really interesting. (laughs) And maybe I'll I'll share the image of the poster online. Yes, you can see it online. Um, Yeah, the number 2000 came because it was the idea of Turingia to accept, oh, this was the original plan to accept 2,000 people. So we said, if Turingia asks for that, we want to ask at least for the same. 
Finally, because of different decisions, political decisions, Thuringia takes 500. But we want to ask at least for 2,000 because we think it's a number that is definitely like visible. On the poster, you can see uh, the shape of Brandenburg um, filled with little men, women, with little figures. Yeah. And they should symbolize an amount of people. And we show on the poster how many people or like how it would look like if Brandenburg would take all 40,000 people that are stuck on the Greek islands. And it would be like when they would all come to Brandenburg... Um, one of 63 people would be a person from the Greek islands, which for me is still not much. And we asked for 2,000. So it's you can see on the poster, this is on the poster, just a half human. Yeah. So it's not much. And so it should take away the fear of people that there's a wave coming or all these horrible words they are using to make fear that there's a wave, a storm or whatsoever. Not like Yeah, that's interesting. Because you also like described it as the summer of migration that came in 2015, 2016. But like, if you read the news, you often hear like the migration wave or the refugee wave. And it sounds really, like it sounds really scary, but your, your campaign's kind of trying to push against that a little bit and show there's plenty of space. It's, it's in no way a wave. Um, yeah. And it's possible as well. Like it's, it's something that we can do in Brandenburg. Yeah, I mean, we have here several um, communities that already say they have space. With Seebrücke has this campaign that um, is called Safe Haber, where communities or cities can say they have space and they uh, want to be a safe haber to um, accept people. And we we can say it. Of obviously, the numbers are not totally clear, and for me, I I don't know the exact numbers but i know that there's space in the refugee centers that just like 60 to up to 80 percent of the refugee centers are full so there's 20 percent of even 40 percent free and obviously we ask also that the people that live in those centers in germany start their life in in flats and don't stay there for years this should be just a center to to arrive and then to go to continue life normal life with work and with a flat but definitely it's visible and definitely definitely there's space and if not definitely capacity to make and and so once once refugees arrive it's important in from your perspective to put them into a flat you know like something that's something similar to normal life whereas especially now with the the coronavirus and the pandemic that if they're so close together, then that's obviously dangerous for them uh, and, and not not helpful. Yeah, I mean, also, for example, now, actually, last month, Potsdam decided as a first city in Germany, which was kind of big, to to dissolve, like, the refugee or community centers. Mm-hmm. Um, to get rid of them. Yeah, to, to get rid of them, like, in terms of that every... F- family or or single person or whatsoever has a ability to live at least in f- flat similar conditions at least so like but to improve their conditions so they don't have shared bathrooms they don't have a community kitchen so it's like that they give them flats or they they need to offer them flats or at least something that resembles to a flat because at the moment this is often not the case at all and um 
especially in times of this pandemic, you can see more often that those conditions also here in Germany are not bearable for human beings. And so I definitely would also like to give the people coming from Greece, or in my own opinion, directly a flat. But as long as this is not possible, I think it's still an option to give them like an to arrive in a center and then f stay there, but not for longer than a year, not for the best, not longer than a half year, and then to go to continue with your life. But the first thing is like to take people out of Greece. There it's hell and they need to leave those camps. And obviously they are not happy with everything that is offered, but I think it's important that... Yeah, Germany takes responsibility also for this task, European yeah. task. And it seems like it, it at the federal level, level, things have slowed down quite a bit. Because, I, you know, I think if I was still in the U.S. and I was just reading the news every once in a while, I remember back in 2015 and 2016, I saw Germany helping refugees like all the time. Like that was a really big thing in the news. And when I got here, I was kind of surprised by how much the feeling to help refugees had, had gone away. And so is that kind of the idea of the campaign to say, if the federal government's not doing something, the state governments can, can, can help out? Yes, exactly. This is the, this is the topic because on the federal level, it is, um, yeah, it's, it became very slow or impossible to do steps in the, in this direction. And especially, yeah, with, I mean, Yeah, with a new minister, like also, for example, Horst Seehofer and other people, it's, it, there's more, I mean, also the thing is obviously what you see in whole Europe that the direction or like the things that are allowed to say or to question is much like there's a broader spectrum, especially in the direction of the right wing opinions yeah. that is now possible to say and to question. And this you can also see in the political parties. And especially, yeah, the, there's an increasement of a right wing movement. And especially there's also those parties and like the AfD and so on. And it is just time, I think, to set, to set a sign or to give a sign that um, it is possible and we think that obviously in smaller community level this is much more easy and faster because we don't see it on federal level at the moment happening yeah. fast enough. Is there anything else that you think is important like for someone from the US or who doesn't necessarily read the news a lot or, or see? I, I think what is important is also to keep in mind what happens at the moment in Greece and it's and in the eyes or under the eyes of the European Union mm -hmm. they want to build now um, it's actually a fixed thing that they want to build a floating fence on the Mediterranean that is in front of the island of Lesbos which is not long enough to totally um, stop people from migrating it just leads them to more dangerous roads mm -hmm. because we what we learned also from the past years all the measures are not helping people are migrating I mean the number of people is high as high as never before this year mm -hmm. and there are those measurements that are still not stopping people to migrate there are this there's the plan of the floating fans there are the floating islands where they put migrants after they take all their mobile phones and leave them just floating on the Mediterranean Sea um in the expectation that the Turkish police takes them back, um, nobody knows what happens to all of them. And so 
I think it's important to see that the what we thought maybe two years ago or, or, or already half a year ago, which would be impossible and something that no never would happen in a democratic, free society like the European Union claims to be, it becomes more and more possible. And this is, I think, dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting to me that the numbers of people migrating is similar this year. People are still moving in large numbers. Maybe, I don't know the exact numbers. I might have to look those up and uh, publish those. But uh, it's still an issue. Like, it's still something that probably should be capturing people's attention. If it did in 2015, why isn't it now? Yeah, yeah You just don't see it in the news quite as yeah. often. Uh, yeah, and I think... I think also what changed from 2015, which I, what I, which I also realized during this campaign now, the spectrum of fear that people have more and more fear, and they mix up topics. They say we don't have a, f f oh, I didn't find a flat myself as fast, or I don't get money. I'm a retired person, and I don't get enough money to survive in a good way. So how can we take more people? But I think this mixes up topics that obviously all those topics are also topics to fight, to discuss, and to be angry about. But I think another topic is that there are families and single persons stuck in terrible conditions and need help. I think about that often, like helping migrants is a humanitarian thing, uh, and we should do it just because it's something that would save lives, right? But at the same time, it's maybe also highlighting things in Germany or in host countries in general that Uh, also need to be addressed and would help everybody. There are there are not so many flats, and the flats that are available are really expensive. Like, how do we fix those problems? It should help not just migrants, but the people, uh, long time, long term citizens of Germany as well. Exactly, yeah. and I mean, I I think all in all, no, it's like, I mean, in my own opinion, every person living on this planet should move and live wherever he or she wants. Obviously, there shouldn't be wars. This is another topic that is often asked us: Why are you not fighting against the causes of migration, which is often war, but not always? It's also social injustice. It's It's or a lot of or just the thing of like I want a better school system for my child. I mean, there are all those different topics, and for me, it's there's no, you don't need a reason for migration, and so, as for us, it is possible with a German passport or for you with a U.S. passport mm -hmm. to live nearly everywhere um, without much trouble and problem. It should be also from for a person from Afghanistan or Syria or Eritrea or India. So. Yeah, it's really interesting to ask those questions. Why Why are there differences? And we could probably spend a lot of time talking yeah. about that. <laughs> there were already, I think there were already people spending a lot of time talking about that. <laughs> what What's next? Like, what, what do you get people, when you get the, the signatures that you want, um, this is my next question is, what will you do then? You'll present it to the, the parliament of, of Brandenburg. Yeah, I mean, when we get the, the signatures, um, we will present it to the parliament of Brandenburg. But it doesn't mean anything. It's a very local, key democratic tool that we are using. In general, it should just, again, draw attention to the topic, hopefully change something on a political level. But we got already like voices from the political parties that already took a bit of our hope. But still, we try like... And as much signatures as, as we get, as much pressure... Um, to the politics it gives and to talk about this 
topic and to move in a direction or at least to take a position um so this is definitely our hope and after that we hope just that something happens and this is i think what uh keeps us working on it yeah me too well cool thanks yeah i appreciate you talking about your project and and what's going on in germany it's just helpful to keep getting perspectives of people who have lived here and like experienced that long-term trend yeah uh, and who've been connected to the issue the whole time so yeah yeah thanks again for coming in thank you (laughs) well thanks again joe for the conversation and best of luck on your campaign to collect signatures as i said in the beginning you can find some more interesting information and resources on this episode's companion page by visiting www.integrationforeveryone.com forward slash convoy that's spelled k-o-n-v-o-i And that is where I will also put a picture of the poster so you can get a better look at the visualization that they used for the campaign. So with that, thank you for listening to this episode of Integration for Everyone, and I'll see you on the next one.